Sports stories from the 419 in Northwest Ohio brought to you by A Voice You Know. It's time to go around the area and around the Hearn. Hello and welcome to a much delayed episode of this show. Uh, Real life sometimes tends to get in the way of uh, things and I've been uh, trying to get this episode done for a while and it seems like every time that I sit down to do it, uh, life, like I said, gets in the way. But finally... This episode is done, uh, or is getting done, in a special episode. It is this week, uh, something a little bit different. Talk about the world of esports with Corey Cannon, the uh, head coach at New Knoxville, one of, I uh, believe it's about 20 or so programs in the state of Ohio in a growing esports world, is the uh, look at it from the high school perspective with Corey Cannon. He talks a lot about the uh, Knoxville program and kind of how they're trying to build and how they've been building their own computers to be able to do so. And then a look at the uh, college world. The uh, head coach at Ohio Northern University in uh, Troy Chifari was nice enough to uh, spend some time with me as well and talk about kind of the recruiting process of how that works in the world of esports and how he got to be the head man at Ohio Northern University and kind of his time in Ada as well as where he comes from and in the gaming world, kind of where it's at as a whole. I, however, not being recruited by anyone. I just want to point that out as far as the eSports world goes. I am, however, thrilled to be able to just play MLB The Show and the greatness of that. Still not great at a lot of things uh, the baseball world, but we'll see how it goes. So they're coming up here in just a few. But the uh, news and notes part of this show we do every week, starting off with a uh, pro signing, Bath and Finley grad Terrence Sullivan. Be part of the Rivers Hoopers Basketball Club. It'll be uh, the first ever Basketball Africa League. He's actually going to play in Nigeria. It starts in the month of May. Hoping maybe we can get him on to talk about that as well. At some point, high school basketball recruiting news. Owen Nichols from Ottawa Glendorf says he's going to play in the garage. His head coach Tyson McLaughlin put that out there on the uh, Twitter world. You can find me, by the way, at Michael Hearn PBP said that uh, Nichols will be a terrific addition to the Racers program, and I agree. Just a terrific kid, almost a double-double machine, and a terrific nose for the basketball. Speaking of, the big news came from Instagram this past weekend. George Mangus, the uh, sharpshooter of over 30 points a game and one of six finalists for Mr. Basketball, says he's going to play D2 Fairmont State. I heard a little bit of an interview with him on Saturday, and he talked a lot about how he felt like their fast-paced offense could be something that he could excel in. They like to play in transition. They like to get up and down the floor. And again, uh, kind of having my people try to get a hold of his people, maybe I can get him on the show as well to talk about that. And it was just a blast to be able to cover those two kids' careers. I'm so excited for them to be able to play basketball at the next level and including the next level and talking about basketball a little bit. Ruby and Esther Boland from Bath. They're going to play tennis. That'll be Esther. And basketball, that'll be Ruby. For Huntington University at NAIA School in Indiana, the Foresters have uh, Drew Johnson, who is from uh, Pandora Gaboa. You heard a number of episodes ago. And also, they've got a young lady from uh, Columbus Grove in uh, uh, their midst and uh, getting ready to replace Miss Clement. Jade, one of the highest scorers at Columbus Grove all time. And just cool to see these pipelines of these schools. I know St. Francis is one. And speaking of St. Francis in Indiana, Reese Roney didn't get the way that he would have liked uh, in the end of the football season. Now has gone out and has joined the track team and is part of the uh, throwing squad that they have there. He said, you know, if you pretty much have some extra time, why not just do something? And thankfully the folks of the track and uh, field department were loving to have him. Coaching news, a lot of it. Brett Fackler, the uh, head coach at Kenton and a longtime assistant during the Mike Mock years, 36 years he spent as a head coach or an assistant in K-Town. He resigned yesterday. Other Kenton news, Ryan Miller hired as the uh, new girls basketball coach. It's actually the second time around for him, 96-80 and 80 in his first tenure. And the uh, girls basketball coaching position in the Bremen has been filled. Andy Timmerman will take over that position. One big thing, uh, make sure, I know earlier on today, wanted to make sure to, uh, thoughts and prayers for Bell Fountain football coach Jason Brown. He was undergoing heart surgery and a lot of well wishes for him 
both from myself, my family, and a lot of people online. And the biggest news of the last week came late last week. And uh, Jason Geyser from Hometown Stations talked about it. He's talked about it on his show, uh, and he's had Denny Thompson, I heard him on the radio as well this past weekend. Denny Thompson dismissed after 33 years of coaching at Elida, and he was the head coach, took him to the uh, D2 state finals where they lost down in Columbus, rocking the orange suit from one of his assistants and providing just a, a great amount of memories. Did get renewed, though, as the golf coach last Tuesday. So there's still that. It'll be out on the links, but yeah, just curious to see where this one goes. Coaches uh, with big wins this past weekend. Uh, Brian Harlemert, head coach at Coldwater, got his 500th career win in a uh, one-game of two win against Brian in a doubleheader on a Saturday. Actually had a shot when I saw him on Thursday. It could have been his 500th win, but the night before had a game uh, washed away in the fifth that right now, as it stands, whenever it gets put back together, we'll decide how the MAC turns out. New Bremen trailing at Coldwater 2-0 whenever they pick that game up. Got to see the Cavs a couple of times, and my wife and I were joking that the uh, Coldwater Cavaliers are actually 6-0 and on the season. Saw them uh, tonight whenever Mike Hearns in attendance. Beat Elida 7-1 at Ed Sandy Field. And a lot of team, uh, unfortunately, without the services of Braden Leibarger, the University of Michigan commit, as he'll be having uh, a procedure done here in the near future. Hopefully that turns out all right for him. And shout-out to my boy Luke, the St. Mary's boys tennis coach. His team got a big win tonight, 3-2 against Lehman Catholic. Rough Riders got one out of the three singles matches, came back, got both of the doubles matches. They sit now at 8-4 overall on the year. And what seems like... A shorter list than we've had the last handful of weeks. LCC softballs Kennedy Parker and Jalen Rome each went deep twice in the win over Ada last week. Jalen had eight RBI in that game, though. I mean, just straight up beast mode. A couple of no hitters. Austin Leasty from Antwerp also knocked in three runs, had a no hitter and a 6 1 win over Holgate on Friday, and Travis Fote with a no hitter for. Uh, Lehman Catholic Friday night for Anna. That's what uh, is going on in the world of sports. When we come back, it'll be the uh, head coach of the esports program in Tony Chifari at the uh, Ohio Northern University esports program. Then Corey Cannon talks about New Knoxville, the esports program, and so much more here on Around the Hearn. Danny the Dealmaker, are you ready? Ready for what, Eric? Brand new cars and trucks are rolling into Lee Kitzel Chevy Buick GMC again. That's great, because we need pre-owned trades big time. Yep, Danny, have I mentioned lately how much respect I have for this country? Not in the last five minutes. Even the virus can't keep us down. GM workers are back strong and building the best there is. And we're here proud to represent the greatest products on American Road, Chevy, Buick, and GMC. And I love how so many of us in the area have remained positive, helping each other and staying the course. No matter how long this situation takes to resolve itself, please keep this in mind. Lee Kinsel GM Sales and Service has been around for 50 years, and we'll be around for another 50 years. Wherever you're listening, you're always welcome here in Van Wert. At Kinsel's, it's all about clear, easy-to-understand deals, best quality pre-owned vehicles, top-of-the-line financing, and world-class service. See us online at LeeKinsel.com. Call 866-LEE-KINSEL. Better yet, stop in at 650 West Durban Road in Van Wert. Thank you for finding new roads to help us rebuild the American economy. Talking now about the world of esports in college and Ohio Northern University's head coach, Troy Chifari. First of all, thank you so much for coming on and talking about your program. No, thank you. I'm happy to. Last couple of years, you start up this program at ONU. You yourself obviously have a big background. You played professionally. You graduated with a degree in computer management and information. What was... What was the guise of, okay, I'm going to go to Northern, we're going to get this started, and we're going to be something big? How did that come about? Uh, so I was pursuing professional coaching, which is pretty much living in a gaming house in L.A., and I was already in a gaming house in Tennessee, kind of like testing out the waters. I was getting married at the time, and being in a gaming house and getting married and being older, didn't really fit. So 
so I was deciding like what else I should do in gaming. Uh, I did a lot of interviews for game design. Um, and then in late 2018, tons of collegiate jobs were just opening up. And I probably, the, the month that I did the ONU interview, I probably did five other interviews at other universities. And ONU just took it very, very seriously. They flew me out from Houston. Uh, two days of interviews. Um, I interviewed with the president, vice president, athletic director, and a few other people at the school. It just, they showed me that they were going to give me like a lot of autonomy to build the program I think would work. And they weren't like pretentious thinking that they knew the program that would work. They, they wanted to hire someone that they considered an expert. Not that I was, that I was an expert at the time, but I, I have tried really hard to learn as much as I could. It's I know a little bit different. You've been obviously all over. I would have paid to see the conversation about the whole marriage and gaming thing just on like a reality show, first of all. <laughs> that would have been interesting to hear how that conversation went. But, I mean, you grow up in Illinois, right? Yeah, uh, like 20 minutes east of St. Louis. Well, that's not bad. I've been there. It's not a bad area. That's a nice place yeah, to grow it's up. Not- I had a couple job offers from there too, and even more after I started here. It's, it really is crazy that I didn't plan to be in this career, and then now I'm in it. It's, there's so much evidence that I, I'm locked into it now. There's, there's a lot of demand for people doing this job. When you were it's playing, just exploding. When you were playing Halo from 05 to 07, could you have imagined at this point, I mean, 15, 16, 17 years later, that you would be kind of at this point and the industry itself would be at this point? No, I mean, when I played Halo, I didn't even own an Xbox. I just went to a land center, won a tournament, and then they sponsored me. Um, I didn't know it would hit this point until college. So I joined the Air Force after high school, went to college, started a breakdancing club and then from that club I learned how to start other clubs and there was a game called League of Legends that was getting big. Uh, it was starting to be a lot of viewers, uh, somewhat franchising, um, similar to like a pro sport. I didn't grow up watching sports. Uh, so watching the games I played kind of like a sport kind of like changed things for me. Um, and that's when I started doing more and more with League of Legends. It was for fun but it ended up being like a resume builder, career builder type path. How do you guys decide what games you're going after? I mean, is that with the viewing and with kind of where everything's trending or is there a specific, I mean, do you pick that or you just kind of go with kind of what's trending? Pretty much everything you said is pretty on point. So I do pick it based on like the criteria that works with the school um, and what I'm able to do with the facilities. So we only have land spaces, land spaces being like TCs and where everyone plays. Uh, we only have TCs. So from there, I go on and try to do like the high tier games. So like games that are popular, games that have some collegiate structure from the publisher. A weird thing that eSports has going for it is there is no third party governing body. There is no NCAA. There is no whatever else sports has because these games have actual owners. So nobody owns baseball, but each of the games that I host, they have, uh, the IP is owned by some publisher and that publisher, either they don't do anything with the game. And that's the game that I wouldn't really put that high on my list to bring on. Or the publisher does a lot for the game where they host national tournaments, regional tournaments, and just like, uh, qualifiers for those. And those are attractive because usually winning those, they don't give you prize money. They give the student scholarship directly. Now, winning that, you have to be really, really good. But we're teetering close to being pretty good at ONU, which I didn't plan for at all. You just had a big match a couple of days ago with Virginia Tech. Is that right? Yes. I mean, we have big matches like that all the time. Uh, it was really surprising to me to learn that the athletics program, like football would have like 10 matches a year. Whereas in my program, all of my games, they have around 12 matches a week. Uh, my bigger games, 
uh, there is no season for us. So it's just constant. So like when we beat Ohio state, like to me, that didn't really, so we beat Ohio state and, uh, overwatch our first year. And then we keep beating schools that are like bigger names than what Onion's ever competed against in an extracurricular, non-academic. Um, but to, to me, it's like not that big of a deal. So it's like a big change up. Like, I don't know. I'm starting to learn that it is a big deal because we are a smaller school. Well, uh, it's a little bit bigger. crazy because, for instance, the football team played Ohio State and Michigan one time and it was back in like 1908. And since that point, I mean, those universities are obviously pretty big, but I, I think it's so cool because it puts Northern even further on that map and the athletic programs there over the years have been up and down at times. But you've kind of hit that ground running 11 games. Do kids come in with a notion of which game they're going to play or is that just kind of fleshed out through practices? They do apply, sorry, like an interest form. They apply with a game in mind. And I have so much like content going out to where they kind of know what they're walking into. And then they fill in the rest with conversations with me or a player or someone doing the same degree that they want to do here. Um, Those are more to that question. Sorry. No, I I was just curious how, how each kind of how each team for each game got picked. Um, So, yeah, when they get here, they're usually trying out. And since the way I recruit, I don't really go after specific players and I don't scout very, very hard. I more so recruit for the academic side and then they can try out for whatever team. But they do know what team they want to go for. Usually when they get here and they see the tryouts, my tryouts are all summer long, pretty lengthy. So I can like kind of see what the player's feeling is, get to know them a bit better. Um, they usually switch up the game there. Uh, trying out for just because they see the competition is maybe too high or they're just meshing better with another team. And that's exactly what I want. I'd rather them go for the game they like more or more comfortable with because I'd rather them stick with that game for four years rather than jump around. Is that uh, when you pick those games, you're talking about for four years, obviously it's that, uh, I mean, I know video games change changes so much. I, I play at a far worse level and uh, I can't get past the 12 year old kids sniping me in call of duty. But I mean, it changes so much when you pick a game. Is that you're committing to that through the cycle of those kids being there? Yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons I have to go through with what game I bring in. So if I get a pharmacy student or law student, they're there for more than four years. I'd rather have them be able to play the game they're coming in for and keep their scholarship throughout. Uh, I would hate to have a game become unpopular, not really an eSport title, like midway through their career, and then I have to tell this player, you know, play a different game because uh, I would get less use from a player that's playing something that's just not popular, just like a dead game, and that, that is something that happens. I think that's something that that's happening right now with Fortnite. So Fortnite was huge two, three years ago. I debated bringing it on because it's one of those type of games that does just fad up and down. But then it was so popular, it'd be stupid for me to ignore it. But now, pretty much every player I recruit for Fortnite, they stop playing. And it's because it's, it's more of a younger kids game. And... It's not really a team game either. So they come here, they see all the other teams having a lot more fun, more camaraderie, uh, more like team experience. And they just switch to those games. I haven't seen a Fortnite player stay for anything more than a semester than coming in. Well, that's kind of hard because that game was sort of revolutionary in the way that they did the Battle Royal style. But then, for instance, you guys have Apex Legends. I know that as a kind of a similar background and there were so many other games that did it just a little bit differently after that, that maybe, you know, hey, this is a little bit cooler or whatever to try to keep that as the number one thing. Yeah, it's definitely a genre that got flooded really hard. And that genre is more towards the casual base because there's not as much you can control in the game. So for a game to become an esports title, it needs to be high skill cap, 
low variance and like random things that can happen. So like more control of like strategy plays, uh, actually knowing things in the game that you can count on to happen almost every time. Um, but the R genre doesn't have that as much, but it's still popular and it's competitive enough. So that's where it's able to fit into like the esports section of gaming. Uh, Apex, I have a lot of players for Apex. But I don't know why that one's sticking so much. I think it's just there's less variance in Fortnite. Fortnite gets patched a lot, a lot changes. I remember my players were in a tournament for Fortnite and, uh, they said there's this new mechanic where like people just show up and it's not even real people. It's, uh, NPCs in the game and they'll just have really, really overpowered stuff to where it just changes the game completely for them. So my players were competing for like 70,000 in scholarship, a really, really big national tournament from a company called play versus. Uh, and then they got decently high in the qualifiers and this random thing happened to them and they were just gone. It's a, it's a weird game to compete in and they realized that pretty quickly and then just quit and do other games that are more controlled. That's crazy how how quickly those kind of things change. Yeah. It's hard to plan for. Have Now, with these variants of games that you have right now, do you play each one and try to learn a little bit, or do you read about and try to help out, or how does that work? I do not play all of them at all. I don't try to be an expert in any more than one game. I'd rather, the same way I like my players, to just play the one game and throw their expertise and skill there. Um, I do the same thing. My ideal scenario for the program is to have a coach for every game, as long as I can like support recruits for that game. Um, it's it's impossible. I mean, I, I think the same way it'd be impossible for like an athletic coach to be able to do like volleyball, football, baseball, basketball. I don't think there's someone that can do that at a high level, like sure you can have people that are drilling well, being good generic athletes. But when it comes down to like plays and really good understanding of the game, that's not able to happen there the same way it's not able to happen with esports. So it's a big struggle. So like I have a game called Valorant that's pretty new um, and I don't have a coach for them. Uh, I myself, I can coach league. I dabble with rocket league a little bit. Um, and that's it. Like, I'm really high expertise with League, and I'd rather not leave that expertise and, like, lose that merit. Uh, and then I have another coach hired who's able to do Rainbow Six and a little bit of CS, Counter-Strike. Um, and R6 is Rainbow Six. And he can't go that far out of that as well. But the Valorant team that I have is yet to be proven, but they could be top 10 in the nation. And not having a coach for that is just awkward. So, like, if I get recruits, Valorant and they want to be in a top 10 nation school and they come here and there's no coach that's a weird thing to step into I don't think that's going to be what happens in the next five years with esports I think it's just in like a growing phase right now of understanding what esports is so I know for a fact me getting hired here at Northern they hired an esports head coach thinking that esports was one entity but really it mirrors Athletics. So athletics has sport, 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 sport. Any sports has game, 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 game. That realization needs to happen next with esports in colleges. On your website for the esports page, it has a guide for parents. I mean, how how has that reception been when you talk to a kid of we can offer them a scholarship up to two grand right now, but explain this to me or I don't get it. I mean, how do, how are most parents when you talk about bringing their kid into the program? The first year I was doing this, it was skeptic parent after skeptic parents saying like, you know, prove to me that gaming's not going to ruin my kid's life. And that's an easy thing to prove because uh, this is like a really structured thing for them. Yeah. They're used to gaming. Like literally I call them basement Romeos. They're just gaming in their parents' basement. And then, they come to this and they, they're not used to talking about their game in person, seeing their teammates in person, getting criticized in person, strategizing in person. It just builds a huge factor to like interpersonal skills in life. Um, that combined with like 
dealing with people you maybe don't like. So these players don't get to choose their teammates. I'm choosing their teammates. And I'm not choosing from the best case scenarios all the time. So it's like personality mismatches, uh, commitment mismatches. Some of them want to be more casual. Some want to be more competitive. So those expectation differences cause like problems all the time. Half of my coaching is mediating, like making sure they're not at each other's throats. So I think hearing a lot of this is like the same stuff that they're going to go through in the workplace when they graduate, which parents love hearing that. So I, I win that argument pretty easily, <laughs> but I don't have that argument as much anymore. I think Ohio's in a weird state. Not a weird state. It's like, uh, for some reason, we're the first movers on a lot of academic esports. So there's probably like 30 or so colleges and around 170 high schools that have this like supported. And then from those high schools, I would say 20 to 30, maybe more. I don't know the actual stat. They have like actual PC land spaces, like facilities in their school and a faculty advisor. Maybe not, it's not a higher coach. I don't see any high schools that have that yet, but it's just a volunteer, kind of like a Lasky program almost. Well, the room that you guys play in from the pictures that are on the website is just absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, it's really cool walking into that. And uh, I could make it way more flashy and put like TVs all over the place and lights everywhere and have it like a bigger marketing thing. But I'd rather it be as practice focused when a player walks in there as I can. Like, it really does change their whole mentality walking into like structure like that. It's like, it, it just changes them. Um, any player you would ask that's on one of my teams too, they would agree. Um, and I haven't had a player that's gotten worse in the program. Every single player that I've had has gotten way, way better. Some of them, they don't get too much better, but they're not really coming here to get better. They're just trying to be on a team, build camaraderie, make friends. And I'm okay with that too. I like to call my program a full spectrum program being like, I recruit everybody, casual players, competitive players. Uh, but I string out the teams. First string usually is a really competitive team looking to win as much as they can. And I have some games that are competing nationally, which, like I said earlier, I did not plan for at all. I didn't have much of a support backing for them, but I'm building that. Uh, I, I didn't think a small school like this with higher academics. So when I recruit a player, they have to have really good GPA, good ACT scores, and that diminishes the quality of player I can get because tons of players are in high school are just focusing on their game because there's some four high school or there's probably like four or five four high school and I knew I was competing against that so I didn't think I had much of a competitive chance but for some reason I, I'm getting good players um, about recruiting other people and I guess I'm decent at developing at least the ones that I have in the games that I can develop uh, but the other games are just motivated. It's like the culture, I guess, that I created is working. When you look at what you want to be or what you see the future of your program at Northern, what what do people need to know? Or, I mean, what are you thinking as far as long-term? I can have really, really grand long-term goals, but I like to keep it realistic and things that I can achieve in the next year, two years, but hopefully year. I want to have a coach for every game and that's a seat in itself would be the first in the nation to do that. Um, there's a couple forward schools that do do that, but they only host like one or two games. I host 11 games. Uh, so if I have enough recruits coming in, I have enough players in that game. It'd be very, very nice to have a coach per game because it feels really bad seeing my players not, getting supported the way I can support like my League of Legends team or my my assistant coach uh, supporting the Rainbow Six team or the Counter-Strike team. Uh, I have a ton of other games that just aren't getting supported the same and they're, they get jealous of that. They, they just want that and I, I feel bad seeing that and I have to see it every day. So that, that's the big goal for now. People want to learn more about your team or follow your team, watch your team play some games. Do you guys have places where they could do that? Yeah, it's uh, 
I mean, I, I don't remember the YouTube tag, but if you just type in ONU Sports, you'll see it. Everything's listed on the website as well. Uh, if you would want to see when we play as in a schedule, you would use our Twitter, uh, ONU underscore esports. And then our games are streamed on Twitch, which is ONU underscore esports. Well, I thank you so much for doing this. No, like I said at the beginning, I'm happy to talk to anyone about this. Uh, just spreading information about it is the best thing I think I can do with this job. That's my ho- that was my hope for this entire thing. You can find the information again at ONU underscore esports. And uh, thank you, Troy, so much for uh, spending thank some you. time here. Yep. Back in a few here on Around the Hearn. At Herring House Furniture in downtown Ottawa, we have the largest selection of reclining furniture in northwest Ohio. And that's a lot to see. Come on over and check us out. Hi, this is John Sadak, TV announcer for the Cincinnati Reds, and you're listening to my man, Mike Kern. We just talked a little bit about college esports. Now, looking at the high school level and at New Knoxville, and I was kind enough, or I guess I should say Corey Cannon was kind enough to join me and talk about his program. And I mean, this is this is a cool big thing that you guys have going on right now in Knoxville. Yeah, it is, and it's something that is uh, it's just taking off across the state of Ohio. And we were fortunate enough to um, to get in pretty much right at the, the beginning of it. Well, it would have been last year. Last spring would have been the first official season. Um, and then we just finished up the um, the spring season, uh, regular season of the spring season. So, yeah, we um, were fortunate enough to get into it. I got a lot of great kids that are um, excited about it. So I, I love doing it, yeah. Now, how did you get involved? How, how did you immediately become uh, kind of uh, Troy talked about with Ohio Northern where he was there at the inception of the program and they sort of gave him autonomy to help build it. Was it like that for you? It was uh, similar to that, yes. It started, you know, if I really look back on it, we would have um, what we called Nerd Fest at, uh, at school is where um, I had a, a gaming computer that I built and um, several students had one as well. So we would all meet up in the, um, the band room, um, basically my room that I teach in at school, we would all meet there on a Saturday and basically play from um, 10 o'clock to 8 o'clock. It was a glorified land party, but, you know, we just called it Nerd Fest. And um, we play for multiple hours. And um, we've been doing that for years. And then I uh, happened to come across the Esports Ohio program and uh, really started to, to think about it, to look at uh, different ways that I could make that happen. I kind of put some um, unofficial feelers out there to kids and, and the games that were um, being played with eSports Ohio. And then um, I've always been, uh, I guess I've always been a, a gamer at heart. And um, I put together a proposal with as much information as I possibly could and then went to the uh, uh, school board meeting and presented everything to the school board, explained to them the benefits of uh, eSports and how they can have a great impact on students who don't um, participate in traditional sports. Uh, but I, you know, I have kids that also are, um, two and three sport athletes that are esports members, but, uh, and then the, I think one of the biggest selling points for the board was that we would buy all the equipment and then I would essentially with myself and a couple of alumni, um, teach all the students how to build computers. So, um, we went that route, built all the computers ourselves and, um, uh, yeah, the school board, the, uh, the administration were all for it and, um, gave us the go ahead and, and, basically let let me and the students really build the program now how was that with going to the students and trying to figure out okay everybody plays games and i know everyone that age and i do but i'm terrible so i probably wouldn't recruit me (laughs) but uh how was that to go to the kids or did they come to you and say you know i'm really good at this and then how did you sort of i guess make them prove all right you're going to be on the level of what i think this program should be yeah, that's, that's an excellent question, and that was something that was a bit of a learning experience for me also. Um, you know, there were a couple games that I was familiar with uh, at the time that the, uh, that Esports Ohio did um, and does, but uh, and there were a couple that I was very unfamiliar with. So um, essentially what we did was I reached out to some former students and uh, people that I knew uh, who could come in and, and or just observe the game through um, the different ways that you can through individual games uh, to help me. But a lot of it was we would have um, one day over Thanksgiving break, we got together. This would have been last Thanksgiving, so not um, this current school year, but the one prior to this, and spent um, several hours just playing Overwatch, which is um, 
um, my main like coaching focus with uh, esports in Knoxville. Um, but we got together that day and put uh, a bunch of different kids in different places, and there are three different roles within that group or within that game. So we had uh, just kind of mix and matching kids in and out to try and figure out um, what groups were better together, what students were um, more capable in what you know what roles and what areas, and then um, went through with that uh, like that with Overwatch with a game like um, um, Super Smash Brothers, where you have uh, five players and you you play them in the order of um, your first, second, third, and fourth, and fifth. That's how that uh, takes place. Um, your first plays the other teams first. We did a um, like an in-house double elimination tournament, and uh, and then figured out our first, second, third, fourth, fifth place players. Um, but for the most part, it was just observing students play, um, finding out which students can um, were, were willing to put in the time and the effort to make themselves better, uh, to devote you know their time to the program. Um, but you know more than anything, and something that I stressed uh, more often than not was you know to legitimize esports as um as a program and as something that deserves the attention and the the focus that the the school has given it is that the kids need to put that amount of focus back into it so you know finding that the the right type of kids to to do that it wasn't 100 percent the easiest thing but um it's been a lot of fun to do and uh but getting it started was it was a process i'm glad we had um a good two months before we actually got into any competition. How did you, or I guess, how did uh, the Ohio kind of uh, section decide what games that you were going to go after or kind of how to mold that experience for the kids? They based them off of um, some of the top competitive games that are out there right now. um, And then went to, you know, what age level um, appropriate, games could they do with a high school situation so right now nothing is played that's over um uh, like uh rated t for teens so uh anyone 13 or any student 13 or over is able to participate so i actually have some junior high students this year that are um that are playing um but it's basically um the age restriction is where they limit some of the games to so like um call of duty um or um um, oh my gosh, I, I can't believe I'm blanking on the uh, the other game. Oh, um, CS:GO games like that, which are uh, a little bit more graphic, uh, those are out. But then um, games like Overwatch, um, which is more of a—I mean, it's a first-person shooter, but at the same time, it's um, it's more cartoonish in the animations and, and all of that. And then um, League of Legends, and Smash Bros, and then um, Rocket League is basically cars soccer. Um, the game used to be called Supersonic Acrobatic Rocket Powered Battle Cars. <laughs> uh, so they, when they, when they brought it back down to Rocket League, um, it made a little bit more sense. But uh, it's essentially a three v three car soccer. And then um, this year they added Valorant, which is another first person shooter, um, which came out about a year ago. It was actually released as a game about a year ago, and just blew up on the um, professional scene as well as um, the you know, um, as well as the uh, like the high school esports scene. Now I know that Northern has a lot of those same programs, and you just told me before that you're a Northern guy. I mean, how much mm-hmm. uh, do you kind of watch them and, and kind of see what goes on to learn at the higher level, and sort of try to figure out, okay, how do I get these kids dialed in on the games that we have? That's that's another area where um, I, you know, as the the head of the overall program, I. Um, I'm always looking at um, looking for, you know, students or former students who can be um, helpful and be leaders in particular areas. Um, I am not a person who's played Super Smash Bros, but um, I have a student who's a senior this year. He's been my, he was my captain last year for Smash Bros also um, and in the fall, but he is a fantastic player, but, you know, more so than that, he does an awesome job um, helping to teach and to coach the kids that are, uh, younger and um, newer to the game than he is. He's been playing for a while and is, is very accomplished. Uh, I have a former student who is a very good um, League of Legends player. Um, so he actually kind of took uh, one of the kids under his wing and, and they play together a lot. So that student is a captain of my league team and, and does a lot with um, strategies and different compositions in-game. 
uh, for me purposely, or for me um, personally, what uh, I, I am a big Overwatch fan, but it's not, it's a game that I really, really enjoyed playing. Um, if I were in college or high school, and uh, so when quarantine happened um, last March, the middle of last March, it was just the beginning for the professional Overwatch uh, season, Overwatch League. So myself, a uh, former student um, who was a um, senior at Ohio State University, is actually an analyst on our Overwatch team, uh, and a student, we would um, we would watch Overwatch League uh, on the weekends through Discord. We'd watch it at our you know respective homes, but then uh, be able to chat and Discord about the games and and watch those together. So um, I, I like to stress that there's no better way to learn than to learn from you know the best. So watching some of the top to the top players in the world play uh, Overwatch or play you know League of Legends or even Valorant, whatever game it is that, that you're doing. I stress to the kids that you know as much of that as you can get in to learn from from those people the best you the best it is. Well, and it's interesting too because a lot of people will look at it from the outside and say, "Oh, it's just a way for kids to play video games." But you talked about having the kids they build the computers and it gives them kind of a sense of I don't want to say a, an accomplishment really because. I mean, it's okay. I I can play this because I understand how this works, and now maybe I can kind of use that uh, thought process during the game to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that was like I said, that was a big um, selling point for the board of education. Also, was that the kids would learn about um, building computers, and since then we've had um, I've had uh, I don't know fifteen kids. Um, build their own computers and, and many of them have learned it was actually it worked out um, didn't work out well I guess with quarantine but once quarantine happened the students already had uh, gaming computers at their house so we were able to uh, play still uh, during through quarantine but um, the students had computers at their houses that um, were computers that ran really well that they could do all of the stuff they needed to for quarantine on but um, you know being able to to learn even more about uh, how what you need for a computer, how computers work, the best type of um, hardware for uh, for all of that has been has been great for the kids. And to have them come to me and ask, you know, how do we, um, you know, I had some freshmen who said, you know, we want to build computers. What do we need to do? So, you know, we talked about budget wise. We talked about, um, you know, what what is your end goal? What games do you want to play? What else would you want to do with the computer? Because, you know, I have one student who's into um, a lot of virtual reality, um, VR, into intensive um, things like that. So, and then uh, once they get all the parts together, they, we, you know, figure out a time to meet and then um, they build it. I help them and, and guide them. And, but for the sense, I mean, they build the computer themselves. So I think that in and of itself is a big sense of accomplishment for them. Is there a thought process, I've always wondered this, on why esports is done on computers versus, say, on the consoles? Yeah, for a couple of reasons. There are some games that um, that are cross-platform that you can play console or um, on PC. Um, Rocket League is one where it doesn't really matter. Um, but for the most part, um, Overwatch, Overwatch started as a console game. It started on PS4 and Xbox uh, and then made its way through, um, through uh, Blizzard which is a parent company of Overwatch. Um, they bought it and then turned it into a, a computer version as well. But um, in-game, it's a lot more uh, controllable. Uh, the action is a lot more... Um, um, you're able to... Uh, I can't think of the word. You're able to uh, turn things in a little bit better, uh, make some minor adjustments in the, the speed of the mouse, the speed of your... Um, your aim, uh, things like that, the sense of mouse uh, sensitivity, uh, as far as like if you're a, you know, you're playing a character who's a sniper, then you want the sensitivity to be lower. So when you move your mouse a bunch, it doesn't go all the way over the screen. But um, for the most part, for the most part, the games are played on, on PC just because of that customizability, that sort of configured, uh in game. And you, you have a lot more control over your character, your hero, your champion, your car, what have you. Um, when you're able to do that on PC versus console, where your only options are, um, you know, A, B, C, D, or X, or, you know, either one of the, um, you know, thumb joysticks. 
Well, I would imagine that your kids are probably the ones that kill me while I'm respawning. <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> um, that's just uh, happen. Yeah, in in Valorant, there's one one of the heroes, one of the characters has uh, an ability where they can um, resurrect somebody who's been taken out, and it never fails. Every time I have one student, there every time they go for a res, um, they die, and then the person they res dies right after that. I'm like, well, that was useful. Moving on. After a while, um, you just kind of watch it, and you're like, yeah, well, it's coming. <laughs> Should have seen that coming. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I always get anytime I try to play Call of Duty, I always get the snipers that are waiting. They wing the guy just so that they can try to get two of you. Mm-hmm. Somebody coming in, yeah. It's a bold strategy if it works. If it does, it's uh, it's if it does for me, it's a winning strategy. What I would call it. Well, I always end up blowing myself up, so it doesn't even <laughs> end up working. You know. Yeah. Uh, you look at uh, kind of your schedule. You talked about the end of the regular season. Who are some of the schools or some of the teams that you guys have played this year? Okay, so New Knoxville, as you know, is a very small school. We are um, 120. Uh, yeah, okay. right. Um, 120 kids, uh, nine through 12. Um, so that's probably actually, yeah, that's that's probably close. Maybe a little on the high end this year, but average, I would say about 110 to 120 kids, nine through 12. Um, the way that Esports Ohio does conferences and splits up um, the, the schools into separate conferences is uh, based off of how many, um, like we participate in uh, all but like two of the games. So if we didn't participate in Fortnite or um, Hearthstone this year and haven't in the past either. So they, um, they since we're in Smash Bros and Valorant and um, uh, Overwatch, we're doing all of those at a varsity level. Then we get put with um, other schools who have, um, you know, those similar games at a varsity level, um, and, and they just try to make that make that up. So you're you're playing uh, the same schools in the same uh, the same games, which you know, uh, from a um, an outside look at it makes sense. But uh, then you know, we got put in the Central Conference this year which pits us up against schools like um, Dublin Coffin, uh, Worthington, Kilbourne, um, Hilliard, um, Canal Winchester, and um, some other rather large schools in the central schools out of Columbus, which um, today actually my Overwatch team finished up their season playing against uh, Dublin Coffin, who we uh, scrimmed against before we had the schedule out, so we didn't know that we were going to be in the same conference as them. And the scrim went well. Um, we played, we ended up playing six games. We lost two or lost three, tied on one and, and won two. And then we played them again today. And um, you play to first to three in Overwatch, um, not best of five because you can tie on some maps, but first to three. So um, uh, we went to the fifth map. So we won two and they had won two. And um, then the fifth map went all the way to the, the bitter end. And we ended up losing that one today to, uh, to Dublin Cousin. But, you know, a school like that, that's 10 times our size. Um, that's a that's a moral victory, I think, for me when it comes to um, the quality of players that I have in the uh, versus you know, the number of students I have to choose from. So we've we've had that happen a couple of times. Um, you know, we played uh, Hilliard, uh, which Hilliard actually the city schools has three um, high schools, but they are for the most part remote. So they put a composite team together. Um, but I do have my Rocket League team is just a club team because I have um, eighth graders and seventh graders on it. So they're in a different conference. Um, I know that Esports Ohio in the future is looking to um, to do like uh, divisions as far as big schools, small schools, and then to try to break things up a little bit more uh, regionally as opposed to um, being all over the high, all over Ohio. We played um, Norwalk, which is up by um, up by the lake towards the Cleveland side. Um, I mean, we've played. Um, we played a uh, school down in Cincinnati. So that's, that's one thing that's kind of neat also is to be able to play schools from all over the state of Ohio. But uh, it does make it also interesting when you're playing schools that are substantially larger than you. I would imagine the kids from the Cleveland schools are, where is New Knoxville? Exactly. And uh, that's one of the things that I do when I see our schedule is I, I get on the Google Maps and, and try to find where are we playing these people from. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's surprising I get a lot of people asking about transportation i'm like nope it's all online um and they would you know they chose to do um online or um 
we'll still do it like uh, from your own school for tournaments, but for the, the actual Final Four championships, um, they were planning to go to Akron um, in the spring of last year, which didn't work out. And then uh, they were planning on doing that again this spring, but they decided to go ahead and, and keep it um, remote for right now. But uh, they did do in the, the fall for the, the beta season, which would have been the fall of not this past fall, but the previous fall, they did it at uh, Tiffin University's eSports Arena, um, which is pretty awesome to be able to do. But yeah, it's it's interesting playing large schools and playing schools from all over Ohio and schools you've never heard of. And my Rocket League team played the Biomed Science Academy uh, today. So that was a new one. But um, <laughs> Sounds made up. Yeah. It, right, right. It could have been. I don't know. They're one of those uh, e-gaming schools that's uh, jumping out everywhere now. <laughs> right, yeah. You know, everybody else is school, but... basketball schools. They're doing an e-gaming school. Right, right. Uh, you also, if I read this right, you are the Scholastic Bowl coach, right? Yes, I do. Um, like I said, you're not a small school, so we wear lots of hats over there. I do the um, Scholastic Bowl team. I'm uh, one of the co-advisors for the, the LEGO Robotics uh, fourth, fifth, and sixth grade Lego robotics team. Um, I do. Uh, I do esports. Yeah. When do you sleep? It's it's tough to to try and schedule that in, but um, I tell people I have a cot in my office, but um, I, I don't. I uh, when you're, I don't know it. And I, I tell I tell the people this that ask that similar question, but I, I love to be able to um, to get to see the kids in different uh, different. Um, venues, I guess, different avenues to see other things just outside of school to be able to see how they interact. And, and, um, I love to, I've done Scholastic Bowl for this is probably my 11th year doing that at New Knoxville. And, um, that is really fun to do. You get to see a different group of kids that I don't always see throughout the day. Cause, uh, as a band director, I, some of them are not in band or had been in band or aren't anymore. Um, so I also get to, to know the kids a little, a lot better by doing multiple things, but especially through, um, esports would takes a lot more, um, a lot more time, but yeah, it, it gets busy, but, but I enjoy it. I try to uh, make my daughter watch Jeopardy with me all the time. And at 11 weeks, she just sort of looks at me like, <laughs> I'm not impressed that you know these things. <laughs> or you could have made that up or right, you could have right. taped this episode yeah, and now just, you're just playing it again. Right. She doesn't care. She's not <laughs> impressed. When I play video games in front of her, she's not impressed either. So uh, I guess nothing's <laughs> going to work. No, I, you're, you're her dad. So, You'll have a very small window of being the cool dad before she's. Oh yeah, no, it'll be like cool two, it'll be two weeks. <laughs> Tops, like that'll be it. It'll be like two weeks where I'll tell one cool story and everybody's like, "Oh my god, your dad's so awesome!" And then that'll be it. <laughs> you know, I'll be myself and something else will happen. I would like to uh, make sure that folks are uh, paying attention and are following you guys. Uh, Twitch, Twitter. How do they uh, find New Knoxville? Uh, the best program? way. I- I do my best to keep updates out there on uh, on Twitter, which is at NKHF, all caps, underscore, esports. Can folks watch not, you guys play? They can. Um, and that's one of the things that, that, I'm, that I want to move into um, next uh, season that we do is to, to get more streaming out there of what we're doing. Um, and I, there's, there's a lot of aspects to esports, more so than just the actual gaming itself. Um, there's, uh, you know, shoutcasters that will actually um, call a game just like anybody would on, um, like, a basketball game or a football game. And then, uh, you know, there's the social media aspect and the design aspect of, um, you know, your own esports swag and things like that. So uh, in the future, I plan to, to you know, have a, um, uh, you know, New Mexico esports social media director, somewhere they can handle our, uh, our Twitter and, and Instagram and then, I want to have you know uh, students involved in um, in the the casting as far as um, Twitch streaming and things like that. And then I have one student who's interested in in, in doing some shout casting and trying out for some shout casting to do that for Esports Ohio. So, um, but right now currently we're we're just there on the on Twitter. But uh, hopefully in the future we'll be out there on Twitch where we can stream some more matches a little bit more. Well, I got asked for NK Telco to do a couple of matches over the summer, some test matches, and I don't know. Maybe that they're not going to branch out to that, but it was pointed out to me a couple of the games that, and I had never played, and I just thought, man, I, I get away with a lot on the radio, but I don't want to sound like a complete idiot. Well, and tell me about it. That's uh, that's how I feel sometimes during the games that we're actually you know currently playing. 
Um, and it's, it's tough to find um, somebody that knows enough um, about the game that could do the shout casting. I, I have one student who just, he, he, he will do that, the play-by-play, like as we're playing. And I tell him, you know, Spence, maybe the best thing would be to focus on what you're doing and not how everything else is going on around you. Depends and if he's winning. He, yeah, and he cracks me up when he's doing it, but it's something that um, that he wants to do. And, and um, you know, that might be uh, an option if, if uh, NK Tucker wants to do that, but is to have, like, a, a shoutcaster. And, and I know that um, Sports Ohio has um, student shoutcasters um, or just casters for games that uh, – that they'll do that for Overwatch or for um, for Valorant, and I know they've done that for um, Smash Bros. I've seen some, but it, and those students aren't always there. It's the, the game itself is being streamed through Twitch, or um, or uh, yeah, I guess most of our streams through Twitch. Not many do um, YouTube streaming, but um, and then they'll have uh, students do it or a coach from a, a different team or a coach for that team who was doing it at the time. But that that would be, that would be very cool to see in this uh, small area with NK Tokyo, because there are many schools in this area and the Mac itself um, has uh, New Knoxville and Coldwater. Um, I think might be the only Mac schools right now. Um, but I know Shawnee um, has uh, esports and Spencerville has, um, I I can't, I can't remember if it's or not, but there, there are quite a few schools in the area, and the, the numbers are going up um, dramatically, so it's, it's just going to grow and grow. I don't know, but I'm going to go to one of these schools and see if I can get a lesson from some of these kids. Uh, yeah, uh, it's... See if that I can would last five minutes or more now on one of these games instead of dying within each 30-second interval. Just, uh, yeah, right. Well, I'll tell you what, we, um, we uh, you know, just reach out sometime and I'll see if uh, we can't set something up. It, it's, it is, it is, it is fun to watch. Um, some, some people who like myself have, uh, not played some games. You get in there and it's just like, Oh boy, we, my, um, played Elida the other day and then their coach, um, we got done with the match and their coach said, uh, asked when do coach, we coach, uh, just for fun. And, and I can't, um, like I don't play that game. I can't really play that game, but, uh, he said, uh, He's not really that good at, his either, at it either, but his kids like to watch him struggle. So, you know, I think it's you get a lot of situations like that coming up. I get it. It's a moral building thing. Uh, yeah, for sure. Okay. All yeah. right. Well, I Stay wish back. you guys uh, and gals the best of luck, and thank you for so much and coming on and talking about your program. Hey, no problem. Anytime. I appreciate the offer. <laughs> That's Corey Cannon talking about New Knoxville Esports. Back here to finish the show up in just a few. Hey Bearcat fans, Spencerville Hardware is your local hometown hardware store. Located at 115 North Broadway Street in Spencerville, Spencerville Hardware can assist with any painting with their full line of paint and custom tinning. Also stocked with the highest quality power tools, you can reach Spencerville Hardware by calling 419-647-4468. Plan your trip by checking out their e-catalog on SpencervilleHardware.com. To place your items in your cart and have the order emailed to the store and ready for pickup. Spencerville Hardware is open Monday through Friday, 8 to 6, and 8 to 3 on Saturday. Spencerville Hardware Store, 419-647-4468. Are you in Spencerville and looking for a place to eat before the Bearcats play? Well then, head to my place, 128 North Broadway, for deep-fried mushrooms, chili cheese fries, the best pie around, and soup of the day. If you're in a hurry and just want to order some to go, you can give Doug and his staff a call at 419-647-4062 and they'll have it ready for you. My Place Restaurant at 128 North Broadway in Spencerville, a proud supporter of Bearcat Athletics. And a big thanks as always to the sponsors for helping to make this show possible. I can't do it without them. I can't. It just wouldn't be the same. And a uh, big thank you to uh, Lee Kinsel. They've got five convertibles that are in the uh, store. Biggie texted me himself and reminded me. Also, two of them are Corvettes. Stop by West Urban Road in Van Wert. Be sure to uh, check those out. Big thanks to Corey Cannon from New Knoxville and Tony Chifari from uh, Ohio Northern University for coming in and talking about their programs. We've got more hopefully later on in this week. Maybe some basketball, maybe some uh, softball, tennis, track. I don't know. Kind of find it by ear. Hit me up. Let me know what. You would like to hear who you would like to hear on this program, and I'll try to make it happen. But thank you so much for supporting 
this little show. Have a uh, great night. Get out and see some high school sports. It's supposed to be nice all week long. I've got uh, baseball all week long. St. John's on a Tuesday hosting Marion Local. Or Jennings and Adelphus Jefferson on Wednesday. Friday night, Collider and Coldwater. Come on out. Watch that one. That'll be a good one. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Around the Hearn. Come back next week for more local stories from the NWO. But until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Michael Hearn PBP for more great area content.